the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Cranberry Radio proudly presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, chief storyteller at Styled Retail, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Retan. The following is an encore segment of Purse Strings. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending the woman. My guest today is Kimberly Moen. She's the founder of Zabit. It's a new fitness movement movement rolling across the country. Um, actually, it started back in 2010 when Kimberly opened Dance Fit, which is now called Zabit. And it's really was focused on inspiring women to find a healthier and passionate life. It is a dance fitness program. It may sound similar to maybe some of the ones that you're familiar with, such as Zumba. But Kimberly is going to tell us how it's very, very different. Um, their mission really is to motivate and inspire every woman to find their true inner beauty and confidence so they, in turn, can motivate and inspire others. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It really is a culture of empowerment. So I'm thrilled to have Kimberly Moen on the show. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. How can listeners find Sabi today? Well, we are um, we're mostly in the Midwest. Um, we're slowly... Um, growing. We, we like slow measured growth because, again, we want to keep that personal community feel. It's such an important part of us. So we right now are in um, the Minneapolis-St. Paul area um, and Minnesota, North Dakota, all of most of North Dakota, um, Wyoming. We have a new inspirator down in Florida. We have one in Cape Cod. So we're slowly, it's like word of mouth. It's like as we um, grow, somebody comes to the class, they just fall in love with it. They feel that connection and you know, then we have a new new spot starting out, so it's it's kind of fun. Mm, I love the fact that it's so organic. It, it really means that it's bringing from a very passionate place. Someone has a passion it, for Zabit, and they want to bring it, yeah, forward. It, and we we attract just incredible human beings to this organization. <laughs> it's so wonderful. It's like, and we're you know we have one male instructor or inspirator, and and we have the rest are all female and. It's just amazing. I mean, the very first day of training, the very first is, you know, I talk about there is absolutely no taking anybody down. Everything is positive. Everything is upbeat. We are 100% supportive here. There, And to work with that many women and not have any cattiness, no nothing, it's it's pretty amazing. It really is. <laughs> and you, you do, you've mentioned inspirators a couple of times. That's what you call your instructors. And all of your instructors do have to go through a certification process. Talk about that process. Well, we um we do it. It's basically a twofold process, and the first is just like a one day training where they learn a few choreographies. Um, we learn kind of the nuts and bolts of how we work, what the company is, how we connect with our classes, how we make that small form that small community, and then once that is done, they go home and they practice, and then they start. Our phase two is they co-teach with a mentor. So typically, it's around six times, but it depends. If you need more, you can do more. Um, and it's we want to make sure that when they go out there and take over their class, they are 100% ready to go in and take it over and do everything that's necessary. So there's no like deer in the headlights feeling <laughs> when uh, you go over to take your class. So we slowly integrate them in so that they really 
um, know what they're doing. So our training process, I think, is another thing that sets us apart from a lot of just generic things that go in. You go in for one-day training, and you're trained, and you're ready to go. The other thing we do is we have um, releases every four months where they have to show up, and we physically teach them to with all of us together. Again, it's a team-building um uh, unity type thing, and they learn the, the material properly, and then by the next week, they actually can go and teach it in their classes, which is really cool. Now, these inspirators, are they people who have taken your classes before, or, or, or do they really just, or do they see it maybe as a business proposition, and that's how they come to you, or is it a combination? Just kind of how are they motivated? Most everyone, I think probably every single one has come directly from our classes. They've gone to mm-hmm. classes. They've absolutely loved it, and so they um, decide that they want to do this themselves. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they we have people teaching in community centers to church basements to big fitness facilities. I mean, all different areas, schools. I mean, so they kind of can bring it wherever. We always say bring the mission wherever you can bring it, and that's to get everyone uh, moving and making themselves feel good. Mm-hmm. So it really is kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, too, because these people mm-hmm. have to go and build a base, yep. if you will, of, of customers. And as you said, that can be found anywhere. It's not just gyms. It's not just fitness yep. centers. It can be anywhere. So really, Absolutely. the world's your oyster, right? <laughs> a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. It is. Yep. And again, that the more you form that small community, the more they're going to support you and come back and your, your base is going to grow. So how do you get the word out? I mean, you yourself have had to get the word out about Zabit and then your inspirators as these entrepreneurs have had to get the word out. How are you alerting the public about this new fitness wave? You know, we again, it's really word of mouth. Um, you know, again, they, they come to our class, they love it, they want to be certified themselves. Um, and they quickly learn that they're changed by what they are doing is changing other people's lives. It's just that it's like that positivity. It, it's contagious. So it's just, it just keeps going for that. Again, it's not quick and fast. We're not like throwing a ton of money out there advertising. We're not doing all this. It's all basically at this time, just word of mouth. And the thing that really has attracted these incredible people that really truly have a passion for it. They're not just doing it to get credits or they're not just doing it, you know, because, Oh, it looks like the fun thing to do that day. They really are passionate about it. And, so it really is, has been word of mouth up until this point. Well, and I think most successful marketing campaigns have relied on that kind of word of mouth. You know, you, mm-hmm. when I talk, this is my business, right, to, to advise clients on how to get the word out. And really the goal always is to have other people espouse and support and advocate for that business. So that really is the crux of your campaign. And um, we all know that if women love something, they're going to tell about 10 people about it. So uh, (laughs) if they don't, they'll also tell 10 people about it. Yep, exactly. The positive on your side. There is a physical aspect to this, of course, but there's also an aspect and a sense of community with many of, almost all of her instructors having attended a class and being inspired to lead a class. That's why she calls them inspirators. Right before the break, I talked a little bit about, um, you know, people have found Zabit, done something quite remarkable for many of them. Can you share some examples of people who've maybe joined a class and somehow it's kind of changed their life for the better? Oh, lots of those. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of my, you know, I, I would say probably one of the, the largest groups is new moms. Um, I know they kind of find themselves losing who they are during that time. 
and uh, they by dancing for that one hour, it kind of brings back those memories of when, you know, they find that inner sensuality and that inner confidence again, because, you know, going through that is really hard and it changes your life and uh, for the better, but it, it definitely changes your life. Um, it's funny to see these women and naturally with the, the fitness part of it is the weight loss happens. So you see some of these women in the very, in the back of the room, you know, barely saying, Oh, I don't know if I can dance. I don't know if I can do this. And you watch this transformation of them moving maybe to the row right above and then maybe the row up up above that and then pretty soon you see them in the front row and they are just going all out and they have lost weight it's weight, it's in it but more importantly it's the way they carry themselves it's like that inner self confidence comes out and it's just it's wonderful it's so fun to watch um one of my favorite stories is a mother and daughter uh who are both inspirators um and they took care of their husband and dad um he was he lost his life to a debilitating disease, but they took care of him for a long time. And they once he finally passed, they decided they needed to get their life back together and they started eating healthy and the the daughter lost like around a hundred pounds, the mother oh like gosh. fifty. It's 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 just crazy. <laughs> the before and after pictures. We actually have her she's gonna be getting her story to me and we're gonna be getting it up on our website. Just to, it's just it's unbelievable. And just the transformation of this young girl who you know, just you can just see the the light in her eyes and the smile in her. Eyes. It's just that that wonderful um, confidence coming out is just so fun to watch. So they would come to class every day, sometimes two to three times a day, and they lost all this weight. And they just, you know, again, their their story in and of itself. If they did nothing else, just their story is so inspiring. I think it's just amazing. So, I, I mean, I just, I, I mean, countless stories like this. I had a woman that. Um, her husband and her sister were in different hospitals in town and both uh, going through a battle of cancer. And she never missed my classes and she mm-hmm. would come and she, you know, I I didn't have any idea at the time how I was changing her life, but she came up to me and she said, you have no idea what I'm going through and how this one hour is completely changing mm-hmm. my life. It's like I can forget about everything else and I can just focus on me and focus on the positivity of this class. And you know, that meant so much to me. And I always tell my inspirators, we never, ever know who's going through what in our classes. There could be somebody in the back row that's being emotionally abused at home or physically abused or going through a battle of cancer or everything. We all have something. And we have to go up there and perform a great class and let them lose themselves for an hour. And really, mm-hmm. it's going to make them feel good. So we just never know what anyone else is going through. Mm-mm. And you may never, or someone right. may come no. forward and tell you, you know, and exactly, and you yeah. realize what an impact you're having. Oh, I just those stories are amazing, and I think that it is. Um, I know when you set out to do this, it was about you know a lot about you and you regaining your passion mm-hmm. and control and who a sense of who you were, and now for this to kind of. Um, to be your mission, I think is it's just so inspiring. So with that, um, you've talked about the growth of Zabit being very um, methodical and thoughtful and not you're not um, wanting to grow really fast. You want to do it right. So where do you see it going in the next three to five years? If you could blink and it's three to five years later, what would you like to be able to describe? How would you like to be able, be able to describe? Well, something? I would love to... Um have a team that just basically goes to different areas to train people you know even like some of the smaller towns they have they don't have a lot and I see you know the big towns big cities whatever have a lot of lot of 
different options. But some of these smaller, t- I have people that drive to come into, you know, from these small towns, and it's like they are so thankful for it. And I feel like if we could get a beat director in all these little towns or all these, you know, areas, again, then we can have people that can be training and they can be doing the classes and we can, again, form that community as well. Because of that piece, it makes it a little harder for us to grow because you can't just come to a training and then just go off and do your thing. You know, we really want to keep that, the integrity of of the system. Um, We're also doing a pilot program right now called Delight, which is for older participants. And um, they need to move as well. And we do it We do it like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s music. And it's been hugely popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've loved that. Uh, and so we're going to keep working on that and keep, keep moving forward with that, as well as a program for kids called Zabop, which is going to be rolling out here after the first of the year, which will be kind of fun. So we're slowly, you know, adding things and growing things. And, and we're going to continue to do exactly what we've been doing. And I think the word of mouth piece is just a great way to do it because, again, we attract really wonderful people that way. Mm. I love it. I love it. You've got two new programs, one for young people and one for, for a slightly older, I call them midwives sure, people. Exactly. exactly. They <laughs> love it. Wise. And that, that generation grew up lo- knowing how to dance, which is kind of fun. Yes. So they really, they really enjoy it. We just keep it really simple and they just smile from ear to ear. I love it. Well, they refuse to believe they're getting old, which I love exactly. as well. I love. I do home. too. It's, uh, it's great. It really works. It's a beat. Um, so you. I'm sure you've inspired more than one listener today. So if someone's listening and they're like, I would like to be an inspirator or I would like to join a class, talk about how they can best learn more and do that. Well, you can go to thebeat.com and um, check out you know, definitely. we always encourage you to email info at Zabit.com and let us know if there's an area that you think it would be great to have Zabit, if it's a needed, needed something needed in your community or your area. Um, if you have somebody that you know or you yourself think you would make a great inspirator, you know, we'd love to do that too. Email us and let us know, and then we'll do our best to work on getting someone out there trained, getting somebody to the area, and hopefully forming your own little beat within your community there. I love it. And I want to recommend, I want to let everybody know how to spell Zabit because it yeah. sounds like it starts with a Z, but it does not. It's X-A and then Beat, B-E-A-T dot com, X-A-B-E-A-T dot com. So everyone go check Correct. it out. Kimberly, congratulations on Zabit and what you're doing to change lives out there and make people physically healthy and emotionally whole. And I just wish you huge success. Thank you so much. And thanks to my producer, George. And please join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. Awesome. Thank you, Maria. That was wonderful. (laughs) Yes. Well, you're a very good interviewee. You make it very easy. So. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank yeah. you. Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to uh, continue this with Tracy, and uh, hopefully we'll, our paths will cross at some point. I hope so. And I, I did let Tracy know I would be interested in taking a class, so to let me know. Good. I could, okay. I could check it out because I want to come and see what, what you're talking about up close and personal. And, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so good luck that with that, and uh, I'm so glad Tracy introduced us. That is I really know, me cool. too, definitely. Yes. <laughs> well, take care well, and have a great rest of your day. Yes, you too. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.
I want to let everybody know how to spell Zabit because yeah. it sounds like it starts with a Z, but it does not. It's X A and then Beat B E A T dot com. X A B E A T dot com. So everyone, go check Correct. it out. Kimberly, congratulations on Zabit and what you're doing to change lives out there and make people physically healthy and emotionally whole. And I just wish you huge success. Thank you so much. Her strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste twenty-five percent of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's, it's good for you. Really. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. The following is an encore segment of Purse Strings. Kevin Quinn, he's a principal at Styled Retail, and he's a leading retail consultant who drives business success for brands in the retail sector. Kevin, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Maria. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited for you to be here. And I have to be honest, um, as a former journalist, it's just in me to give all the facts. So in total transparency, Kevin, you and I are partnering together on retail clients. You bring the retail expertise while I bring the marketing expertise. And I have to say so far, I think we're a pretty fantastic combination, if I do say so myself. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you agree with that. I do uh, agree, if I do say so myself. Awesome. You're, such a, you're such a smart man. That's one of the reasons I like you so much. Um, but I, before we get too deep into all of this, I do want people to get a sense of your experience in the retail space because um, you bring a depth of experience that's unlike uh, really anybody out there these days who are working with retail clients. So give us a little quick bio. You know, the bio part is always the most uh, boring for me, but I, I understand it's necessity. Um, again, it's a great, it's great to be on the show. I've uh, admired uh, you, Maria, in the show, and uh, it's an honor to be here. You know, my background spans uh, retail for about the last 20, 25 years. Um, it really was bred in me from a very young age. Uh, my family's been in the car industry since 1919, uh, one of the oldest car dealerships in the state of Wisconsin. So I grew up in that environment uh, with seven other siblings and learning from my father in the car industry, and it kind of stuck with me. And um, I did marketing jobs out of uh, undergrad, and uh, in graduate school on the East Coast, I started uh, doing some interning with Nordstrom. 
And that really is when the bug bit me, Maria, to make that my career. Uh, from there, I uh, oversaw some different areas of the country uh, in their sales promotion offices and then was promoted to fashion director for a new region um, in the Great Lakes. Uh, it was the 90s, which was the heyday of Nordstrom opening stores, uh, and it was very fun. And uh, I like to say, Maria, that working for Nordstrom is like going back to graduate school for retail. Um, <laughs> and the foundations that I learned there uh, were pretty profound. Um, from there, I moved to New York, and I was lucky enough to work for a retail consulting company that also had its own software division, and they specifically developed software for uh, the retail industry. And uh, they had a proprietary software that, at the time, was quite revolutionary. You know, this is this is years before Salesforce.com, and they had all the major clients from Macy's and Ralph Lauren to Bloomingdale's and smaller designers. And I was tasked at that time to run their digital imaging division, which at the time only had two clients. And that's really where I learned the nuts and bolts of uh, brick and mortar catalog and online consulting and mm -hmm. really learning from hundreds of companies what their pain points were. And uh, from there, I actually started my own consulting business. And then, as you know, I moved back to the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul, uh, adopted a young son, and uh, started my own retail company called Style Life. That was a great ride. In 2007, we were named by AOL and MSN as one of the top five retail concepts in the country. And I had that open until 2013. I've gone back to my consulting, and you and I have now partnered up on trying to help other retailers solve their pain points and try to navigate this new retail environment that is quite tricky and, uh, you know, very uh, complicated, if you will. It is. It is absolutely complicated, and, and I think each and every retailer has is in need of a custom solution uh, because it is so complex. Q4 was really tough on retailers. I think everyone knows that today. Um, now we're on the other end of it in January. In your opinion, what was the biggest barrier to resell, uh, to resell success these days? I mean, it's, it's a hard road for any retailer, but what are the biggest barriers, Kevin? I'm glad you brought up Q4 2015 because going into it, it was appearing it was going to be really ugly. It ended up being uh, retail sales were up 3% from 2014 to $626 billion. So in general, it wasn't a terrible holiday period. And I think that saved a lot of retailers um, because it is an environment now where uh, price dominates every decision or almost every decision. And when that's the lowest common denominator that you have to play by, if you will, uh, it makes it very difficult to um, engage the consumer in something other than just price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think we as consumers have gotten so used to looking for the deal, if you will. But that can't be all that consumers are looking for. What? Do you think consumers are really looking for at retail? Take the deal aside. Is, are there other things that's a predictor of success? 
Yes, I think I hear continuously from my clients and even my own personal shopping experiences that there are times when you're a laser shopper and you know exactly what you're looking for and you go in and you get it. But there are also times where shopping is just an activity and it's a popular activity for many people. And in that vein, newness and experiential activities really become critically important. If you know that you're going into Target and you're looking for a light bulb, the experience isn't so important. But when you're going into a mall in a different city when you're traveling and you need a reason to spend your money and you need a reason to purchase something when you might already feel that your closets are full of clothes, that's when newness and the experience and service take over. And that's really what I think we're seeing uh, in clients that we're engaging with in the Twin Cities, that they have to decide for themselves what does the experience mean for them and what type of experience can they provide their customers that's meaningful and impactful. Mm-hmm. Who, in your opinion, is doing it well, providing both that um, customer experience that you just spoke of and, and service, which are two very um, high-touch and impactful things to offer uh, consumers. Who, who out there do you think is a, a best practice standard bearer? You know, I'd answer it this way, that presently I feel that apparel companies are not getting it right. And hard goods, the furniture industry and the accessories home goods industry is getting it right. I, I walk into Restoration Hardware, I go into Crate and Barrel, I go into home good retailers, and they have vignetted everything that they sell in, in such a fashion that I can understand how that might apply to my life. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the service in many of these stores has been heightened, and I think in general I continue to be moved by how well that segment of retail is doing it well. Conversely, I think apparel has rested on its laurels so long that, you know, it's why Target now is embracing mannequins. You know, for their entire history, they've never had mannequins. But the consumer needs to see how this is going to work and how it's all going to be put together. And visually, I think to myself, wow, it's taken us that long, Target, to understand (laughs) how important that is. Um, I, try I know, and, and the mannequin is such a, a standard thing, Kevin. You would think that would be a no-brainer for Target. You would, and I try not to get so in, uh, so detailed into pointing out uh, retailers who are doing it well and retailers are, that are not, but I feel strongly that uh, that segment of the home industry is really ramped up its game. You know, they really learned from the recession when people were not buying uh, for their second homes, if you will, or in that manner, you know, builders were not building new communities that, you know, they use that time, I think, wisely to sharpen their game, focus their product. Um, I see that at retail, and I think that there's mm-hmm. many other industries that could learn from that. Mm-hmm. You know, let's talk a little bit about mobile because it really has changed the retail industry. Um, you know, online shopping, as online shopping did years and years ago, now mobile has really revolutionized it. Consumers can literally stand in store and shop competitors. Again, looking at price, as we already talked about, price is such a big motivator. How, in your opinion, do you navigate the use of mobile to your advantage uh, in retail today? 
The omni-channel aspect of retail is intimidating to a lot of retailers. It's intimidating to national retailers with a lot of resources, let alone the regional and local players that are out there. I personally saw that in my own stores, uh, to your point, Maria, that consumers are armed with so much more data that inside your store, they can actually look up brands, they can look up prices, they can look up features and benefits. They're so much more aware that you have to understand that experience for the guest needs to be much more than just, well, here's the product, this is what the price is, let me know if you want to buy it. Mm -hmm. I've been reading all these articles recently that are talking about how uh, over half of major retail companies still do not have an omni-channel marketing strategy. And to me, that is just so fascinating. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the intimidation factor that mobile brings. They're just now learning how the nuts and bolts of their online experience um, is working, and now they have a new technological platform that they need to advance. Um, And I don't have a soundbite specifically for how they're going to embrace that, but the people who are embracing it, the people who are embracing app technology and making it easier to either book a hotel room, buy a product directly from a website. Uh, that is the future of, of retail, convenience. Mm-hmm. Right, which begs the question, I mean, is the mall the place to even shop anymore? I mean, we've brick and mortar even relevant anymore. Is street retail the new location for success? I mean, if you look at the 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 spike in mobile and um, the amount of online shopping that we all do, I think it is an obvious question. What what's your thought on that? Well, I'm going to ask you. Do you do you shop at malls regularly? Well, I try not to shop very much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you know, with two kids and a busy life, you know, shopping is for me less about pleasure and more about work, as you know these days, because it is our business. Uh, but I will go um, to a mall for escapism, and um, I will go for a mall to a mall if I have some time to look for something, and I'm looking for something um, that I'm not really sure what it is, right? So I use it as an escape. If I want, if I know what I want, I'll go online and I'll just get it, and I won't waste the time of. And it takes a lot of time to go shop, in my opinion. So I'm very much of a list maker. I I shop for very specific reasons, and then I'll go online to do that. Otherwise, if I have a little time, I need an escape, I just need to kind of clear my head, I will go shop in a mall, and I quite enjoy it for that very reason. But the shopping need is different, I guess, is the best way to explain it. I agree, Maria, and I would also say that how you parse malls is important in how you answer this because... Um, you know, 10 years ago, this whole idea of a lifestyle center um, was all the rage. And, of course, that, I think, still is quite relevant. Many people, when they think of malls, they think of department stores. And mm-hmm. if they value the department store experience, I think the mall then equates to a, a positive um a positive feeling for them, and they'll go out, they'll drive out of their way to visit a mall. If they don't have a positive experience with the department stores, you tend to find that many malls um, are just the national chains. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that is really the, I think, $64,000 question in retail that many retailers are trying to create incubators where they can find local retail. They can find those new concepts. They can mm-hmm. make it easier for those companies to have a storefront when it's so easy today to sell online, to sell on Etsy, to sell on eBay. Mm-hmm. So the, the malls still have a lot of work to do. Um, and I think continuing to be relevant to the consumer I personally don't get too excited about malls, and I, I venture to say, Maria, I even sometimes go out of my way not to visit a mall when mm-hmm. there might be another option out there that might be more exciting and provide me a different experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does kind of go back to that customer experience that we talked about earlier. You brought up department stores, and I think that there are fewer and fewer of them today because Macy's tends to have bought out the world. Um, these department stores are getting battered in the stock market. Uh, do you believe, because you just talked about, if you feel like the department store is relevant, you might find them all relevant. Um, what are department stores doing to combat perceptions that it is still a relevant format? Or can they? I think one of the most fascinating pieces of retail today is malls and department stores understanding the value of their real estate both the real estate that their stores sit on, which I think is fascinating because Macy's right now is thinking of spinning off the real estate in their New York, San Francisco, Chicago, and Minneapolis stores because the actual real estate is more valuable than the store. In addition, the actual real estate within the store is so valuable. And retailers today are understanding, gosh, we don't necessarily have to carry the same product as everybody else. Uh, Nordstrom embraced that two years ago when they partnered with Topshop out of London, and that's a leading retailer there, more in the fast fashion segment. But they brought that concept over into many of their stores across the country. They have 121 full-line stores, and I would say probably half of their stores now have a Topshop shop within a shop inside their stores. That's Mm -hmm. a fresh way of thinking about your real estate, a fresh way of being relevant to a different consumer, a different target market, a different product than, you know, traditionally the the consumer might have felt that the department store, if you will, provided. Um, Mm -hmm. I tend to sound like a advertisement for Nordstrom, uh, and it's not just because I worked for them. I think it's really truly about service, and many, many retailers think that they have service down, but I tend to think that you know, the the utopia and the, the retailer out there that you look to for that type of uh, profound, authentic service experience is still Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think a lot of consumers would probably agree with you when they're talking about service and, and talking about quality. We're going to take a quick break, Kevin, and when we come back, we're going to talk about luxury brands. We're going to talk about product trends. And some of the things that um, you've got your eye on as far as uh, merchandising trends for 2016. Stick around. Kevin Quinn joins me in just a moment. Her Strings. We'll be right back after a word from our advertisers. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. 
at Fjord. Our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Kevin Quinn, principal at Styles Retail, and we've been talking about trends in, oh gosh, everything you do with products, merchandising, uh, basically retail in general, and we've had a, a very active discussion about department stores and malls. I think that shopping has become so arduous for so many that to have that experience and bring the fun back to that experience is just so critical. And, of course, we we had the luxury of, of being with some of the best product in all of the country gathered in one place. So, uh, But I think that was the reason it was so more impactful, you know, that it really made an impression, that there was a variety of product there that really caused you to take a second look. And I think that's what retail needs today is that ability to get customers, the guests, to stop and say, wait a minute, what is that? Let me investigate. Let me explore. Let me find this out for myself. And it becomes like a little mini adventure. And, again, it's part of that surprise of delight that we that we keep talking about. Um, we have about uh, 30 seconds left. So last question. Um, what should retailers keep top of mind this year so it's, a, it's better than last year? <laughs> to me, that is... Uh, the hardest question and quite frankly the easiest question to answer know your customer know your customer make it your business to really pay attention to your best customers and not even just your best customers but asking questions making a concerted effort to find out what your guest tastes and likes are and making that shopping experience feel thankful and appreciative it seems so obvious but we all know we're out there shopping. It's not that obvious. Mm-hmm. That's right. It, it isn't always obvious as to who the guest is that that, that retailer is hoping uh, to reach out to and impact. That's for sure. Kevin, I always wish I had an hour with my guests. You, you definitely are one of those that fall into that category. So sadly, we're going to have to wrap it up. Thank you for being on the show today. It was an absolute pleasure, and thanks for having me. Of course, and thanks to my producer, George, and please join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.
The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.